Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, I will let you say hello first, but we do have a guest today. We got the state playoffs. We are going to break down the boys' brackets in this episode. But first... Ramin, how are you doing, sir? I am doing well, Kyle. It's finally state championship time, my favorite time of year, especially on this podcast. But I won't speak for much longer. I want you to introduce our guest now, Kyle. Yes, with us today is a former sports editor of 10 years, primarily based in the middle Georgia region, currently the athletic coordinator at Thomaston Upson Recreation Department. It is none other than Wes McCard. Hate him or love him, Wes McCard. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, Kyle. Remain, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, best time of the year. Basketball state playoffs in Georgia. Don't get any better than this. You're you're not kidding, and we've. Uh... <laughs> We've already had a hell of a time just getting this recording going, but <laughs> without further ado, we got to get this show on the road. But first, Ramin, I think we would like to thank our sponsors, and I'll jump right into it. We'd like to thank our Spielin' and Dealin' podcast sponsor, Sportal Space. Sportal Space helps teams find gyms and fields for practice or training and makes booking a gym as easy as finding a restaurant on Open Table or a on Expedia, check out Sportal Space every practice, every game. And with that being said, Sportal Space will be sponsoring our February Frenzy Bracket Challenge. Last year and the year before, we always uh, elected brackets for all the boys' sides, and you could fill out brackets and uh, pretty much just like March Madness, see who uh, gets the most gets most games right and you uh win win the the bracket challenge but this year instead of having to deal with printing it off and scanning it and emailing it to me we are going to have it all available online on sportalspace.com we will be tweeting out that link once everything is officially inputted so keep an eye out on that i want as many submissions as possible see if somebody can knock me off the past two years i have won the highest classification I have picked the winner of the championship right and uh, have had the best bracket both years, but everything else has been uh, a lot of fun. I know Wes McCard and his father have uh, participated in those, so keep an eye out on that. We're going to have the bracket challenge again this year, and uh, we will have all those details and more coming soon. But, Ramin, I'm going to turn over the duties to you to be the moderator and let's get this show on the road. The state playoffs are here, and we are here to talk about boys basketball today. There is a lot to talk about, and let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into Class 7A. Today, late Sunday night, you released your final regular season boys rankings post-region tournament, and you have the brackets, of course, posted. And first, I want to talk about a uh, a Elite 8 matchup that could prove troublesome, Mickey. Keaton and Norcross look slated to meet uh, in the Elite early on, right, Kyle? That is correct, and that's number one versus number two. Pretty much have been that way the entire time, and 
That's a matchup a lot of people would love to see in the state championship, but you know how these brackets play out. Sometimes it's just not in the cards. And, uh, you know, either way, McEachin's going to enter the state tournament as a heavy favorite with all these, uh, you know, you got about six or seven Division One guys, kind of like a Wheeler last year. Wheeler was all crafted together in one offseason. Uh, <laughs> we know who's pulling the strings at McEachin, but it's been more of a slow burn, and a couple of those kids have been playing together, and, you know, you get a 6'10 guy from here, you get a 6'11 guy from here, you pull in a 6'5 uh, junior wing from La Lumiere in the middle of the season. So they're piecing it together. GHSA is letting it go on, so you can't really say anything about it. But, yes, McEachin had the the big target on their back there, the heavy favorite, and if they do meet Norcross, um, that's going to be a clash of the Titans. Coach McMillan, uh, I, he is a winner. They haven't won a state championship in a while. They had that heartbreaking loss to Tiff County last year, but he knows how to win big games. Uh, Coach Mike Thompson hasn't necessarily been there, uh, maybe in past coaching stops, but he hasn't been there in recent times. So I might have to give a slight edge to uh, McMillan just because he's been in uh, a little bit more big games over the the tenure of his career over the past few years. But that would be a star-studded showdown to see McEachern and Norcross in the Elite Eight. And that just leaves the rest of that that Class 7 uh, pretty wide open to get there, but uh, yeah, if we see those two uh, those two powerhouses, there's going to be a lot of big bodies flying down. And uh, Kyle Sturdivant has proven to be a big shot maker, beat Meadow Creek twice with buzzer beaters. So we'll see how it all plays out. I have a question for you, Kyle, with your seven uh, <clears throat> A poll. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on Tiff County? I see you have them number nine uh, last year. I believe they made it to the championship game last year. Correct. Won the championship. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on them this year coming from the middle Georgia, south Georgia? Most of your powerhouses in 7A are going to be from the metro area, you know, Atlanta area. But uh, Tiff County stands out as one of the few teams that's not from that area. You're right. You're right, Wes. They had that historic run, probably the greatest run in Georgia high school basketball history last year. They beat three nationally ranked teams to get there. Uh, they beat Norcross in the championship. They went through uh, and I believe it was. They went through Newton. I was at that game. I think that was an Elite Eight matchup. So they went through the gauntlet to get there now. They graduated a ton. P.J. Horns at Virginia Tech. Um, their point guard, I believe it's Johnson. Uh, first name escapes me. I can find that for you real quick. Uh, he is over at Alabama uh, state and uh, he is uh, a very clutch performer but looking at this year's team uh, a lot of guys that kind of came out of the shadows Rashad Bateman was there he, he played a big role down the stretch but the rest of these guys uh, Monte Terrell Marquavis Johnson played a little bit here and there as well they got thrusted into a role now at the beginning of the season I said people were kind of freaking out why is Tiff County not ranked I said everybody be patient be patient. I said, they're going to get their 20 wins. They're likely going to win their region, and they're going to be a tough out come state tournament time. Fast forward to today. How many wins does Tiff County have? <laughs> 20 wins. Did they win their region? Yeah. They won their region. So, yes, Tiff County's coming on strong, but that's a team that if they're going to go far in the state tournament, they're going to have to hit a lot of three balls because Terrell and Johnson, those are two 
quite small guards, and uh, they're very good guards. I like Terrell a lot, but they are on the smaller side of that scale, going about 5'9", maybe 5'10", so they're going to have to hit some shots. Bateman, I like him a lot, but the one thing with Tiff County, I, I finally put them in there at the end, but uh, at the beginning of the season, they did see some of these powerhouse programs, but uh, I'll, I'll let it be known that they, when they did play them, that was uh, without uh, Rashad Bateman and a lot of those football guys, but they did lose to yeah. Hill Creek 70 to 46. They got beat uh, pretty badly at that Georgia Elite Eight tip-off classic. Uh, they also saw uh, they, they they played uh, a little later in the season. They did run into Newton in that rematch game, and Newton, Newton kind of ran away with it and took it to them pretty good. But uh, Tiff County, they're going to be a very tough team, but a, a little bit of a lack of size inside, maybe six five, two six five players. Uh, going to be tough. They're going to have a tough first round match with Campbell, but they are a tough team. Yeah, I just wonder if the, the playoff run they made last year may filter over and, and help help you know some of these guys with confidence this year. Even though they they graduated a lot of players, uh, you know, going through something like, like they went through last year, I think it will only be a plus this year when the tournament starts. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, a lot of those guys, uh, not everyone saw the court, but they've been around that winning culture, and Coach Wade has done a really good job this year. And if you're looking at breaking down the quadrants. Uh, that top right-hand quadrant, which they're in, I mean, it, it's just so much parity all across the state this year. You can't say, you know, one quadrant's necessarily super much, that much stronger than the other, but it isn't as killer as the rest. I see Tiff County's ranked number nine heading into state, and I see Meadow Creek, who's ranked number six heading into state, but everyone else in that top right-hand quadrant is not ranked. So if you're just looking at it based on paper, based on the top ten rankings, that would be one of the weaker sides in the state tournament in Class 7A. I agree 100%. What's really interesting to me is that bottom left quadrant. If we're we're going to take your rankings, your final season rankings to the task, Kyle, we have Mountain View, Newton, Wheeler, and Etowah that could all end up playing each other in the SR, playing each other relatively in the Sweet 16, Kyle. Uh, yeah, and uh, one one second round match, but people might forget about if Newton and Mountain View both advanced, they played each other earlier this year at the Gwinnett Metro Atlanta Challenge, and Mountain View actually beat Newton 66-65 in overtime. Now that's when uh, Newton was kind of coming off a, a bit of a hangover when they lost that heartbreaker to Grayson 74-73. But Mountain View did clip them, so everyone who might think Newton's just going to have a cakewalk into the the Elite Eight, it's it's not going to be that easy because Mountain View does have a lot of good guards that can match up with them. At the end of the day, you're going to have to slow down Ashton Hagens, but uh, that's going to be a tough matchup. And Wheeler, Wheeler hasn't necessarily put it all together yet this year. Uh, I think the guard play might be hindering them just a little bit. Brandon Younger, I don't think he's necessarily, you know, boosted himself into that that big time division one prospect, which everyone has been like clamoring. They want him to be so good as a six, seven uh, point forward. But I don't even think he was second team, uh, second team, all region in that, in that difficult region too. So that, that says a lot, but you got EJ Montgomery inside. He's a handful and Etowah, if they get past North Cobb, 
They're going to have their hands full slowing down Wheeler in that second round, assuming Wheeler advances past Lowndes. But Etowah does have some size. Julian Baldwin's about 6'7". Carter Ingersoll's about 6'6". And Etowah loves to play good, hard-nosed defense. And they've seen some good teams. But uh, that's going to be a tough second-round matchup if they do see each other. We'll move it down to Class 6A. And that's the one that I find to be a very interesting bracket. You have Gainesville listed as your number one, Lynx and Hughes as your number two, Kyle and Wes. But I want to get your opinions on some of these other teams in the Class 6A bracket, how you see it shaking up. Give me some Final Four predictions, guys. Oh, I'll let you go first, Wes. Take it away. Uh, uh, um, well, my Final Four and Six say I have Gainesville. I have uh, – I got Douglas County. I have coffee, and I have tequila. Those are my final four. Uh, they're not all one seeds. As a, and I have a sleeper also. I, I, I threw a sleeper in on each, each of my brackets. And um, this team is 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 all. You know, they're a powerhouse. They're not as heralded herald as they are have been in the past few years. But they have to me one of the better coaches in the state, and that's Jonesboro. Uh, Coach Melman does a great job. Uh, players play hard for him. Uh, I haven't been able to keep up with them as much this year. I know they're usually in a pretty good region, but that will be my sleeper team from 6A. So I go to Douglas County, Gainesville, Decula, and Coffee. Okay, okay. I like your coffee pick. That's someone who I would, I've been trying to kind of call as a sleeper, but at this point I don't think they're, they're much of a sleeper. I mean, they blew out Valdosta in the region championship. I really do like coffee a lot. But if I was going to get my 6A picks, uh, pretty similar to yours for the most part, I would go with Douglas County, uh, Gainesville. I'll go with Langston Hughes and Jonesboro. And Douglas County, you know, Creekview is going to be, uh, I think, that, 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 that Region 5 versus Region 6, I think that's a really good matchup for Region five with douglas county in there if they pass them they might see north atlanta in the second round and north atlanta uh they blew out cambridge by 18 points in the region seven championship if north atlanta gets past Appalachia, they got messiah thompson at point guard and he's he's a guy that can play really quick and he's a really good guard and douglas county's got a lot of good guards too i think douglas county probably has more depth and they've seen better teams and they just had an overall better a, a, a better year, but if those two teams meet in the second round, North Atlanta and Douglas County, uh, I wouldn't want to overlook North Atlanta just because Messiah Thompson's that good. Uh, Gainesville, nothing much more needs to be said about them, how they're just absolutely rolling. They got 17 straight wins. They've really lived up to their expectations after that, that first nine-game stretch, which really set them back. Um, Langs and Hughes, we, we know about them. Landers Nolly, it's going to be tough, I think, when you have the best player in the state on your team and you got good pieces around them. It's just super hard to pick against them. But they got, I don't know, an interesting first-round matchup, a rematch of the Final Four last year against Alatoona when they beat them in a mm-hmm. close game when a, a charge call uh, went against Alatoona. They thought it was a block or thought it was a charge, but it went Langs and Hughes' way. Um, Alatoona, they just can't. I mean, I watched them play against Sequoia, and they hit about 
eight or nine threes, and they were just shooting the lights out. I think they might have finished like 11 threes. I'm not sure, but they were shooting like crazy. Now, if they shoot crazy good against Langston Hughes like that, they have a shot, but it's just going to be so hard to uh down Landers Nolan. and they're going to have to go box him one. They're going to have to face guard him and get out of that, that, that matchup zone that they like to run because uh, Landers Nolan is that, that 1%. And, you know, that defense yeah. work for 99% of everybody else. But when you're playing against a legit superstar, that 1%, you you just have to make adjustments. You just cannot let him just shoot you out uh, like he did against some, I guess he hit like, I don't know, six, seven, three, something like that crazy when they saw him in the playoffs last year. And then Jonesboro, I, I think they have a, a treacherous route to get there because uh, you said Dekula, that's a team that has a ton of talent. They obviously have not been able to piece it all together. They struggle on defense. Uh, but a sleeper team uh, outside of Coffee, who's the number one seed, I can't really call them a sleeper. Bradwell Institute, I don't know if you want to call them a sleeper. They've been in the top ten all year long, number eight in the state. They've been, they're about 19-7 or so. they got a pretty, pretty good record. They've been up and down at times. But Kalen Weekly is a guard that not many people have seen outside of the coastal region, I think if he gets hot, he could really carry them, but they're going to have to get past Valdosta first. But if they do get past Valdosta, they might be able to sneak their way into the Elite Eight because Drew and Heritage, uh, Heritage won a really, really weak region. Heritage has done much better than expected this year, but it was a really bad region. And Drew is, uh, uh, you know, they might get hot with William Black scoring the ball, uh, but if not, they're going to struggle. So, Bradwell Institute would be my quote-unquote sleeper pick in 6A to uh, possibly make the Final Four. Yeah, I was my my thought on leaving Langston Hughes out is I was I mean you got to pick some upsets every now and then and if Coffee and Langston meet my my hope is my, not my hope but my bet was that Coffee would win the uh, coin toss and Langston would have to travel down to South Georgia, and then that could be anything could happen. But, yeah, Langston Hughes probably will be a Final Four, but just for the sake of trying to win this thing, I'm going to take coffee. And, yeah, just to reiterate a point that you were making earlier, Kyle, about North Atlanta being dangerous in that top left, you look at the 6A bracket there in that top left quadrant North Atlanta is, and, you know, they have Douglas County who – they have Creekview, not an easy first-round matchup. But then I saw them play against Cambridge, who had only lost, what, one or two to point last night. Mm-hmm. And North Atlanta kind of had control of the whole game. They were, they were ahead wire to wire, and they won it clean. Um, talking to some coaches from around Region 7 to 6, they said North Atlanta was clicking at the right time. They're heating up right as the tournament comes. They have really good guard play. They shot lights out yesterday, and they could make a run in an otherwise comparatively weaker top-left quadrant of uh, Class 6A. And I want to jump right back in real quick about Cambridge. Uh, so <laughs> we have some people on uh, uh, Samuel Facebook page that don't understand basketball, and that's fine. He's a football coach. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. He's just talking talk. But we <laughs> we have seen this movie before. If you're if you're Cambridge, you're hoping it's not the same movie. But we have seen this before. I mean. Coming out of a weak Region 7, Alfreda last year was rolling, 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 and rolling. But then they hit the skids late in the season. They lose to a bad, bad Northview team. They lose to a bad Northview team last year. Then they squeak out a a first-round win against Centennial. Then they lose to Dunwoody. 
and then they beat Cambridge. So they end up, I think it was a three seed. So then they end up having to play at Tri-Cities, and they end up losing by three points. So they finish their season 25-4, and four, but they lose, what, out of that, that's three losses in their last five games out of the four losses they've lost all season. We're seeing the exact same story with Cambridge. Cambridge was rolling. They had over 20, 20 straight wins. They're, you know, they're, they're handling their business, beating everybody, 24-2 and two heading into the state tournament this season. But, again, they get blown out by North Atlanta, who's been trending upwards in the right direction. And now Cambridge, let's, let's look. Who's Cambridge got in the first round? They play Lanier out of Region 8, who's got Alex Walker, who's got Adrian Martin. That's a team that's played pretty heads up with Gainesville and has dabbled with Dekula, another talented team. So they've seen good good guard play and Cambridge uh, Kamar Robertson's their best player Kyler Ingram inside but I'm telling you we've seen this movie before with weak region seven we'll see if Cambridge is for real and they can get past Lanier uh, I'm sure <laughs> Mr. Football Coach is going to be hoping that but that's why I, I just could not put Cambridge too far up there they just haven't played anyone good in that very weak region and then you get blown out in your region championship that's not a good sign History repeats itself. It might be a different team, but it's from the same Region 7. Let's see if Cambridge can do better than Alpharetta did to close his season last year. Hey, Kyle, I didn't ask you this earlier, and we didn't mention it. Who was who your Final Four in 7A? Oh, good good point, good point. Uh, and again, I want to preface this by saying I don't feel confident with anything this year. I know last year, and <laughs> especially in Class 7A, I mean, it was obviously going to, you know, Westlake's going to win the championship, and then I uh, didn't pick Tiff County, but you feel good about a lot of that stuff. My 7A, Final Four, don't hold me to it, McEachern, Newton, Meadow Creek, in Peachtree Ridge, Peachtree Ridge, I was late on the bandwagon to be a believer, and I kept harping on this podcast. I said, whoever wins Region 6, whoever gets that number one seed, I think there's no way they win the region tournament. Peachtree Ridge has proven me wrong. They've done that. Peachtree Ridge has a great record now, sitting at 23-4, and Region 6 regular season champs, and uh, region tournament champions. They are just rolling. Keith Arrington. Uh, he's trying to go out with a blaze of glory with this great team with Devin Vassell going to Florida State. I am now a believer in Peachtree Ridge, and I say, why not? Why not Peachtree Ridge going to the Final Four? They have to get past either a Burkmar or a Grayson in that second round, and then Pebble Brooks looming at the bottom of that bottom right quadrant. But I really like Peachtree Ridge, and Devin Vassell has been one of the best players in the entire state this entire season. Who would your sleeper be in that? 7A. And uh, Tiff County, who's the number one seed, not necessarily much of a sleeper, but Tiff County has been crawling out of, a, out of the woodworks out of South Georgia, and they've been winning games, and they've been playing well. So Tiff County, probably a cheap sleeper pick as a number one seed. I would go with Tiff County as my sleeper. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I have McEachern. I also have Middle Creek. Middle Creek. I also have Newton. But uh, I guess I haven't jumped on the Peachtree Ridge bandwagon yet because I have Pebblebrook uh, mm-hmm. with my sleeper being Wheeler. And I, I don't know if you can call Wheeler a sleeper, but they're not. They're number two seed. But if EJ Montgomery, I mean, to me, the best overall player in Georgia, one of top three without a mm-hmm. doubt. And um, I just don't know who who can match that six ten physicality, able to shoot the basketball, score different ways. 
Mm. Um, I know he only had, what, 10, 12 points last night against Meadow Creek. Uh, not Meadow Creek, Pebblebrook. Uh, but if he if he gets going, they're, they're going to be hard to stop, even though they're in the same quadrant as Newton, I think. Uh, I'm looking here. Yes, yes. Yes. So that would be my – that would be – I don't know if you call Wheeler a sleeper, but that would be my sleeper. All right. Down to 5A, I think everyone on the podcast will probably agree. Buford, the number one team from Region 8 there on the left side, lower left side of – lower left quadrant, I should say. Warner Robins, they are the number one team from Region 1 there on the right side, upper right side of the quadrant. They look to be on a collision course to meet in the championship, but who's going to round out that final four, gentlemen? Uh, I'll take this one, Wes. All right. Uh, again, uh <laughs> I think it all starts with what happens with Region 5 versus Region 6. On paper, Region 5 is so much better than Region 6. Uh, Maynard Jackson's been screaming and yelling on social media. Why aren't we ranked high? Well, now you get to really prove it. It's a put-up-or-shut-up time right now because Columbia and Miller Grove, number one and number two, those two teams in Region 5, they they fall to uh, the three and four seeds. So Columbia falls to number four, and they're playing number one Maynard Jackson. So uh, good luck to Maynard Jackson. It's going to be a super tough. Now, if they beat them, they have to feel pretty good about getting to the Elite Eight and possibly the Final Four. I mean, Clark Central should beat Paulding County. That's a really good team out of Region 8, so they'll have to be wary of that. But I got my eyes on that Columbia-Maynard Jackson game for a, a multitude of reasons. But at the Final Four level, uh, out of that top left-hand corner, I'm going with Southwest DeKalb. I think they're they're young. They're probably still a year away. Uh, they have about 11 losses or so, but they beat Miller Grove to make it to the Region 5 championship. I heard Miller Grove had two players out with the flu, which is something to really keep an eye on because everybody has been sick. It's spread all over all over Georgia, coaches, players here and there throughout the you know the past month or two. So that's something to really keep an eye on is health and not just injury health, but actual uh, wellness health, something to keep an eye on. But I got Southwest DeKalb, Buford, just way too hard to pick against them, even though they had some, uh, some nail biters in Region 8. Uh, then I am going with Warner Robbins again. And then at the bottom right-hand corner, I'm going to go with Stockbridge. Cavante Ivory going to Georgia State, about a 6'6 uh, forward inside and out. They have some more size inside to go along with them, and they got some pretty good guard play. Stockbridge has been a pleasant surprise this year, and I think Stockbridge rounds out my final four. Who's your sleeper? My sleeper is Flowery Branch. Flowery Branch, uh, they just lost on a buzzer beater from Alex Jones, who, who just has that ick. It factor. He's just so clutch. He's won them so many games. I believe he beat New Hampstead last year. Uh, Alex Jones going to Lipscomb. So clutch for Buford. But Flowery Branch, 17 and 11 in Region 8. They just beat Cedar Shoals to grab that number three seed, uh, 50 to 47. They lost to Buford, like I just said, 49 to 47. They played Buford tight. Lost at Clark Central earlier in the year, 57 53. 
Buford, they they lost to him earlier, 60 to 46. You know, they they played Buford pretty close. At the end, Buford always would pull away late, but it would be a, you know, less than a 10-point game going into the fourth quarter. First meeting at Buford lost 79 to 70. Flowery Branch is a really good team. Justin Quick, a senior uh, swing man, he's really good. He is really good. Justin Quick can score inside and out, a uh, very aggressive score. And they got, you know, they got some pieces out there. Pacheco Lutumba gives them a little bit of athleticism. Blake Cox, Blake Coxworth <laughs> provides some leadership on the floor. A lot of seniors out there. Miles Janis, a sophomore. Uh, so I do like Flowery Branch, and they're meeting up with Region 7, Villarica, a team that we said just did not see anybody good in the non-region schedule. And then Villarica goes and loses again to Hiram in the region championship. So that is not an easy draw for Villarica. I think Villarica might have uh, some more uh, athletes. I got a really good guard play and I'm 166 inside, but I do like Flowery Branch. They've seen Buford, and if you can play with Buford and 5A, you can play with anybody. So Flowery Branch, that's my sleeper team. I feel like you copied my picks and you <laughs> looked at my paper while I was writing them down. Um, I, too, as a, as a number two seed, I have Southwest Cab, uh, Warner Robins, Buford, and I have New Hempstead. Uh, as my other Final Four and my sleeper, which is kind of ironic, you had in your Final Four, which was Stockbridge. So mm-hmm. I had Stockbridge as a sleeper, but I, I think the winner of that Stockbridge New Hampstead potential second round game will get to the Final Four. And I, I want to go back to that left bottom side of the bracket. Miller Grove versus Buford could be a second round matchup. And Miller Grove's not what Miller Grove's always been, but they still have some talent and they still have some size inside. That is a very interesting potential matchup. If Miller Grove can get past Riverwood, who's exceptionally well coached by Buck Jenkins, Buford should be able to handle Cass. Cass has an injury, a very, uh, you know, somewhat severe injury. I went to the hospital, I believe, one of their top players in the region oh. tournament. And then at the bottom, people are telling me Dutchtown, they're 14 and 14, but they won region four, beat Stockbridge 83-80 in overtime. They have some size. They have some guards, a dangerous team. And then Statesboro, who I really liked, but they lost to New Hampshire. They got beat 63 to 47 in that region two championship. But I still think Statesboro is a good team. So there's a lot of teams I like in that bottom left-hand side, Miller Grove, Buford, Statesboro, and Dutchtown. Uh, all teams that could really get hot and make a trip to the Final Four. We both, I think, I think we both think Buford is probably the best team in, in 5A and, and will be the first team you would pick to get to the Final Four, but it looks like they may have the toughest road to get there. That, that's that's a very good point. Yep, you're right about that. Take it down to 4A, another classification where you look at it on paper, look at it the way we've been talking on the podcast throughout the year, Kyle, and you talk, you're looking like ups and lean the field. They're not lost a game in a while. I don't know. What is it, West? We're at 54, 55? 58. 58, there we go. Um, they're at the number one. They're 26-0 and 0 this season. St. Pius second. If they meet, they are on opposite sides of the bracket. So it will be a rematch of the Class 4A championship last year. Um, do you see it happening again, gentlemen? Wes, take it away. <laughs> well, I mean – to me, the, it's, it's, it's like Tiger Woods and the field. That's what I think of when I think of Upson Lee and St. Pius. I mean, there's, 
anything can happen in the state playoffs, and you know anybody can have a bad night. But I, I can't see it being anything but St. Pius and Upson Lee again. Um, I am a huge, huge believer in Coach Aaron Parr. Uh, I think he's one of the best coaches in the state. Uh, he gets the most out of his players. Uh, they play hard. They play. They play together. And um, I just, I, I have a lot of respect for St. Pius and their whole, their whole program. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's up to Lee St. Pius. Uh, if you look, I'm looking here at my, my bracket. Uh, I, in the final four, I, I have almost. Chalk, really. I, I like Upson Lee. I like the. I think the Sandy Creek Westover potential matchup could be a really good one. Um, I took Sandy Creek. I like St. Pius, and I like America Sumter. Um, America Sumter was the number one seed going into the region tournament and got beat by Westover. But the thing that worries me about the region one teams and Granted, you, there's three of them, America, Sumter, Westover, and Carver Columbus, all in your top ten. They For for, for Quad A, they come from a fairly big region, so that limits their non-region games. And I just don't know if they played the non-region competition they needed to play in order to get ready for a state, you know, a state tournament. So that's the only thing that worries me about the, the region, region one, where some of these other teams from, you know, regions out of Atlanta and whatnot – have played other competition has pretty much been a whole entire region schedule and maybe maybe five or six non-region games for the, for, for that region. Uh, I'm going to ask you real quick, who is your sleeper team, if you haven't already said so? I have not said so, and the reason I have not is because I think if uh, when healthy – uh, they can beat just about anybody. They've only lost four games this year, and three of them have been to Upson Lee. My sleeper team is Mary Persons. Kevin hmm. Holden had 35 points in the uh, state, uh, in the uh, region championship game against Upson Lee, even though they, you know, Upson Lee beat them fairly handedly, 20 over 20. And uh, but they haven't lost to anyone except they lost one game to Spalding at the end of the year when Holden did not play. And I know he's been suffering from a high ankle sprain, uh, and that's just, all, all, all you can do to fix that is just time off the court. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was not 100% in the region tournament, but he gutted himself to a 35-point performance against us uh, in a game where Ty Fagan didn't play his best game. Zyree Scott stepped up, 31 points, six three-pointers. Uh, Trayvon Walker finished with, I believe he had 13 points and 16 rebounds, four block shots. But Holden, Holden pretty much is Mary Persons. And if he's 100%, he might can score enough to, to, to beat just about anybody. I mean, last year they took St. Pius to the limit. And that is a matchup that could happen again this year. Uh, so my sleeper team is Mary Persons. Uh, you also got to look at Westover. They were the number one seed out of that region one. You look at Baldwin. Uh, they're a scrappy team. But I... I with all that said, to me, this it's, it's really just St. Pius and Upson Lee. Sandy Creek scares me because of their length and their size. T.J. Biggerstaff, that's uh, a really good program over there. But um, I, just, I just see Upson Lee and St. Pius. I, I, that's, all, that's all I really see. I, I, and I'm partial, don't get me wrong. I'm an Upson Lee fan through and through. Uh, but uh, I think the biggest thing for Upson Lee is they have, they have home court advantage in the castle. 
and they will have it until the final four, unless Lafayette, who I know you in the past have not been a big believer on because of that region, like like you were speaking about in region in, in class five A with the uh, Villarica and and that whole region it is just not being a very strong region. You look at the same thing in, in Region 6 in Class 4A. you got Heritage, you got Lafayette, you got Ridgeland, Northwest Whitfield. I mean, traditionally, that's not a very strong basketball region. And if Lafayette loses a game, then Upson Lee will have home field advantage until the Final Four. And I don't think there's anybody in Class 4A that can beat Upson Lee, much less be in the home. Well, I will I will jump in with my picks now for the Final Four. And on that top left-hand side, I was really torn about two teams you mentioned. America Sumter or Baldwin. Sorry, Cartersville. I just, I, I can't, I can't pick Cartersville. I think Cartersville, they should run circles around Heritage Gattusa in their first round. I saw Heritage. They do not have guard play. They have two pretty good big guys. Cole Wilcox is a big-time pitcher. He's a, a very steady guy, but he has a high usage rate inside. He's their best player. Cartersville should run wild against Heritage Katusa and blow them out. If they don't, I would be stunned and just shocked. Uh, but that would lead to a, most likely a Blessed Trinity versus Cartersville matchup in the second round, which would be scary because Cartersville lost to Marist last year in the first round, and Blessed Trinity plays in that same region, plays that same style of disciplined basketball that's uh, can give Cartersville some fits, so that's why I'm not. I just can't pick them too far. But anyway, it's between Baldwin and America Sumter, and I had to go with Baldwin. Uh, I, I like Brendan Robertson, Dante Justice. I was able to see these guys in person over the summer. Um, Justin Webb transferred in from GMC, six six kid. I guess he just he just can't put it all together. He's averaging over only four points per game and. Uh, that's somewhat of a, you know, you got to get more out of him. I don't want to yeah. say it's wasted potential, but there is some potential there if he can all put <clears throat> it together. He transferred from where, Kyle? What's that? Where did he, tra- where did he uh, transfer from? GMC, Georgia Military College, so right there in that same uh, Milledgeville area. He yeah, can't. that's a big difference between play GMC uh, high school basketball and baller basketball. Hey, GMC I mean, is uh, GMC is like 23-3 and three this year, sir, so GMC is the real I'm talking about the – you talking about the high school, correct? Yes, I'm talking about the high school. Well, they and they are single A, right? They are single A. That's what I was. That that was my point. Hey. There's a big difference between to me. I know you only play with five people on the basketball court, but to me, there's a big difference between talent in four A and single A, just like there is in seven A and four A. Do you know? What I'm, that, you know what I'm saying? So he uh, I like Class A public. Class A public's pretty good, and they play against some private schools too. So I, I see what you're trying to say, but uh, I think Class A public might be a little bit better than uh, most people assume. I mean, GMC beat those guys from Augusta, which was kind of funny to see happen. But uh, anyway, back to business. America Sumter, I was very tempted to pick them. I know they do have a very good guard, Eric Hall, and Josh Luzan's about 6'6 inside. I think they are a potential team that could make a lot of noise. But I got to go with Baldwin because Buck Harris is a winner. He's a good coach. He's done it before at Laney, and he's got enough juice. I just worry about can Justin Webb play those minutes against Josh Luzan if they do meet up in that second round. I think that could be a, a great game, a really good game. But anyway, I got Baldwin at the bottom left-hand corner. 
no surprise. Got to go with St. Pius. There's just no way. There's just no way. Sometimes they can get a little bit of the doldrums late in the region regular season schedule you saw a couple close games like at madison county here and there but they turned on the region tournament blew the brakes off everybody so i got st pius up top right hand corner i guess i i'm going with sandy creek for the reasons you mentioned they do have all that length they do have tj bickerstaff who's rounding into his own a little bit more this year they've handled their business against cartersville and that region five they won that region tournament so I, I do like Car, uh, Sandy Creek to get to the Final Four. And at the bottom, uh, right-hand corner, of course, Upson Lee, easily. Uh, no one's going to challenge them. I think uh, a, a, a sleeper game, Lafayette, Lafayette, I guess you can pronounce it, versus LaGrange. I think Lafayette has more of a chance than people think LaGrange. They fell all the way to the four seed, but I do kind of like Lafayette here. They're going to be at home. They're probably going to pack that place out. LaGrange is... They're a good team, but I don't think they ever made the top 10 this year, and neither has Lafayette. But a couple kind of sketchy-ish results. I believe they got beat by Cedartown this year. He's not very good. Uh, Lafayette, Alex Killiar is a really good point guard who usually, in, in that, that terrible region six, he just you know plays the role of orchestrator, gets everybody involved. But he can score the ball, and he can make some freaking plays. So I like him a lot. And they do have John Morgan, a 6'5". Um, 6'5 bouncy forward that can play above the rim, can rebound. D Southern, he's their center. He's only about 5'10", 5'11", which isn't good, but he's a physical guy. He's going to be a guy that's just going to block you out and get some rebounds. I can't see him being a huge factor in the state tournament just because he's so small, but he can at least rebound for you. And Pendergrass, I believe his first name was Andrew Pendergrass, uh, pretty much a standstill shooter, but if he gets some open looks, he can knock down some threes. They're just going to have to track down Bo Russell's really the heart and soul for LaGrange, a big-time scoring guard. If they can somehow slow him down, I think it, it's not not out of the question for Fayette to beat LaGrange and to advance to the second round. But with that being said, uh-oh, who's jumping in? Who, who was I was. It? I was going to ask you if I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Um, does Lafayette get past Jefferson, perhaps, to face Upson Lee? Or do they not? Does Lafayette get to the to the Elite Eight? That's my question. And the reason I ask that is that, that would be because there's a possibility if that happens, they would be a coin flip, and Upson Lee would have to travel almost to the Tennessee border to play an Elite Eight game, and that that that's something they haven't done to, in in the state playoffs yet. They've had they've been at home every time, so that's something that I was wondering. That's why I asked you, can Lafayette get to the Elite Eight? And that could be a problem for Upsonley if they don't get the coin flip. If Lafayette can get out of the first round, I'm saying Lafayette. I'm going. I'm throwing it out there. I'm saying Lafayette Elite Eight. I think they have a chance to do it. Jefferson doesn't necessarily scare me. I know they got Jasper Gibson who's really turned it on, but they're gonna. They're pretty much gonna be evenly matched for the most part. West Hall. I'm not too sold on them i think lafayette does have a chance to get to the elite eight but only if they get past lagrange uh, you know okay. no, no doubt you, you got to win your first round game to get there but i think lafayette this year they do have a bit of a chance because i do like john morgan bouncy wing who can rebound mm-hmm. some things they're, they're not they're not as bad look, as last year's team i think they're a little look, legit this year let me ask you this this is a game we haven't talked about yet this in this quadrant is thompson and salem 
You got Salem, who was the number one seed going into the region tournament, loses, in, I believe, in overtime to Woodward Academy yeah. uh, in their championship game. And there's a possibility for a salem upson Lee matchup in the second round. That's two teams in the top ten. Uh, what are your thoughts on Salem versus Thompson? Salem should beat Thompson. Thompson's not very good. Thompson, they've had some injuries this year, which have really hurt their record, but I don't think Thompson's very good. I think Salem should be able to beat them. Salem, they do have some size. They do have some, uh, I think his name's Tawan Powell, probably mispronounced that. They do have some 6'5 guys. Um, Montez Swan, they have some good guards there as well. I think Salem's a good team, but being a good team does not get you past a great team like Upson Lee. So that's why I got Upson Lee. Uh, routing their way all the way back to the state championship game. And I want to interject real quick because we're on that region, region four, which was much, uh, much talked about last year. We thought it was the strongest region. I got my sleeper coming out of region four and it's a team that no way, no way would I think they would be 18 and 10 right now with, uh, graduating Kobe Tate, graduating Javon Green, <laughs> graduating, um, Damian Rosser over there at New Orleans. Henry County, B.J. Thompson has done a uh, – B.J. <laughs> Thomas has done a great job in his first year on the job. They got some guards. Josh Steele is a knockdown three-point shooter now. He's only about 5'9", but he can shoot the ball. They got a lot of guys that play extremely hard. DeAndre Rice, Casey Armour, uh, Wisdom Ubo. They got, they got some guys there. A very good team, scrappy team, going to be exceptionally well-coached. Henry County, and they're going to play Burke County in round one. So Henry County was a three seed against, uh, they're going to be seeing that region three, number two, up in that top right-hand corner. Henry County, that's my sleeper team, very well coached, and they got some three-point shooters and some high-effort energy guys. So that's why I like Henry County as a sleeper. And you, I believe, do you, is it, is it your, your feeling, I, I think you've said this publicly before, it may, may have been on one of your podcasts, the, the lack of guard play could be the downfall for Woodward. I yeah. mean, they're a one seed, but, and they, you know, you got Kessler. I mean, they got, they're big down low, but you, their guard play, you said, was a little suspect. Cause I was looking at them when I was picking, when I had my picks, but I just, that's the reason why I didn't, you know, I didn't pick them. Yeah. Even talking to rival coaches that have played on, they said, yeah, they got, they got, you know, one of the best front courts in that classification for sure, but, no, their their guard play is shaky from all I hear. I know Walker Kessler is just going to do everything because he's six foot ten, six foot eleven, can shoot the three point shot. He's going to be a matchup nightmare. You got Jacory Turner, who was the uh, Class Four A Player of the Year as a freshman last year, I believe, who's a football player. He's about six five. You got uh, Kevin Powell, who isn't much of an impact player scoring the ball, but can rebound. He's about six foot seven, six foot eight, big guy. But yes, the guard play I hear that's what's lacking. So. Uh, that's what, that's what you need in the state playoffs too. Is guard yeah, play. You need that's, you need guard <laughs> play. You need guard play. You can't rely on Kessler to have twenty five and fifteen every single night. You're going to have to deal with guard play. And if they see a Carver or a Mary Persons in the second round who does have uh, somewhat of that quick guard play and likes to get up and down, you don't want to turn that into a track meet when you got six eight guys and six ten guys running back and forth. They're going to get winded, and that's why I think Woodward Academy, if they get it in the half court set and they can feed it down low to Kessler and let him do what he does. They have a good opportunity, but if they play one of these helter-skelter, fast-paced games with teams with good guards, that's why I think uh, Woodward Academy runs into some trouble. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
We only have two more classifications left to discuss 3A and 2A as the A private and A public. They operate on that power ranking system that I guess has been public. It's made public weekly, but the finalized versions that will then lead into the bracket hasn't been made available. So down to 3A, and I know as we get down lower, Kyle, you said it before, I think you think the games get more exciting. There's more um, action. I think you like 2A the best, but first, 3A. You look at the bracket, and uh, where do you want to start, Kyle? Man, I want to start with the potential and most likely Elite Eight matchup, which is a real shame. Uh, oh. Let's see. Actually, it's going to be it would be a Final Four matchup. Pardon me, but Johnson, Savannah, and Morgan County, that should be a state title game. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more because it's going to be difficult for Johnson Savannah. They're going to have to get through a team like GAC, even Pace Academy, who I'm not very high on, but they do have some size inside. Their guard play is very questionable, but they're a two-time defending state champion. But uh, my final four, I'll run that down. I got Johnson Savannah up top left, Morgan County. I got Jenkins, and this is my sleeper team. I, I, I don't know what to say, but they have – They've they've played extremely well. We saw it again in the Region Eight Championship. They've oh Lord Morgan County some fits. <laughs> and I hear they got some athletes out there. They got a little bit of size here and there. Nothing too crazy. Hart County they are in a favorable bottom right hand side. Where I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Uh, You're a cheater, Kyle. You're an absolute cheater. You've been looking at my no, paper. No, I'm just, I'm just looking. Who, who's even <laughs> we got Westside Macon, who's number eight in the state ranked, and nobody else, unless I'm missing somebody, nobody else down there is ranked. And Westside Macon doesn't have Caban Moore, people. They are a very regular team, just probably slightly above average. Who knows? Hart County, number two seed. They're going to get have to get past Joe Dix and East Hall, the, the three seed out of Region 7, but – it is it is not a crazy assumption to say Hart County comes out of there. Another team I, I kind of flirted with with putting in the rankings um, this se- uh, at the end of the season right now. Tattnall County has played well. They're fourteen and thirteen, but they won Region Two. They've beaten teams like Long County, Pierce County, a pretty good team. Uh, but really, that that bottom side, and again, you can't count out Calhoun, who was really bad to start the year, like really, really bad to start the year. But Vince Lason has them going. Of course, they, you know, they're kryptonite to the rest of that region six up north. They won that uh, region title again. But Hart County is my sleeper, and believe it or not, Hart County is my final four pick on that bottom right hand side. Who would have thunk it? Fifteen and twelve. But they got some guys that play hard, and they played Morgan County uh, nuts to the wall right there, 71-68 in double overtime just the other day. They fell a little short, but Hart County Bulldogs, kind of a scary team to see in the region. Actually, the state playoffs in Class 3A, pardon me. I truly believe you're looking at, you're looking at what I have written down because I also have Hart County. Mm. Which and, and, and people might not believe this. We didn't talk about, we didn't talk about who we chose before. We did the podcast. We all chose our own, and then I, this is the first time I'm hearing your Final Four. This is the first time you're hearing my Final Four. Um, I have, in 3A, I have Johnson. I have Morgan County. I have Hart County. I have Cedar Grove mm-hmm. as I want to talk team. about that matchup. Go ahead and talk about that. I want to talk about Cedar yeah. Grove. And then my sleeper now, this, is their, this team here is uh, – well, well, they were more known last year and the year before that, but they're they're always a, a, a really tough team. They play a lot of play a lot of good competition. My sleeper team is Liberty County mm. um, in 3A. 
but yeah, you're looking at the seated the seated Grove matchup with hold on, I'm trying to get back to it. I'm looking at the wrong bracket here. Oh, one quick second. If you find it before I do, go ahead and start talking. Cedar Grove plays Rebuild in that first round. Then they'll see yeah, that county uh, Monroe area. But I want to jump you real quick. The big matchup that I want to talk about, you got to get there, of course. But that Elite Eight showdown, Cedar Grove, who is ranked number four in the state, versus Jenkins, who's ranked number five in the state. Yes. And Cedar Grove, I've seen them plenty of times, probably about four or five times this year. Jamari Dean is a real deal, six foot six forward. Uh, earned a James Madison offer after he showed out at the Lake City Classic. Double-double machine, excellent rebounder, great quick second leap, has a nice jump shot. Um, he can score through traffic, very physical inside, goes right through opponents' bodies, and he's done against Isaiah Killings, really eating Isaiah Kelly's lunch in a lot of their matchups. But Cedar Grove, the one thing with them, sometimes they do play down to competition, and sometimes... They don't necessarily put their foot on their opponent's throat and they let other teams hang around, which they probably shouldn't. They beat Redan by 11 to make it to the turn, uh, to the, uh, to the Region 5 Championship. Then they beat Pace Academy 45-44, close game. And then I even watched them when they, it was senior night and they played Pace Academy. That game was, you know, up 19 points, 18 points, and they let Pace Academy with Isaiah Kelly on the bench creep back into that one. They kind of struggle sometimes with pressure full-court defenses. And what does Jenkins do? Jenkins presses you the entire game full court. So I think that could be a really tough matchup. Jenkins has a lot of athletes, but Kari Bryant has gotten this team to the big game many times before. There's usually always at least one team, at least in the Final Four, representing from Savannah. And you got you got Trey uh, Tyrone Scott. Uh, he's very athletic. They got uh, Trey Mays. I think he's the one that just bombs away from three. Let me see if that is correct. Trey Mays, yes, he is a big-time three-point shooter, 64 of 154, 42%. He can stroke it. Scott plays way above the rim. You got Cy Fisher, who transferred in, a really physical guard that can play multiple positions for him. You got Sams, who's about six foot seven, can block some shots inside. Uh, that is Lamont Sams and Matt Sams. Another transfer that came in this year, so that they're they're, they're tough and they've they've seen some good teams. They they haven't been able to really solve Johnson other than one time when they blew them out. But that that Cedar Grove and Jenkins potential Elite Eight matchup that's that's going to be a, a fasten your seatbelt type of game because Jenkins style of play could give Cedar Grove some issues. That would be at, that game would be at Cedar Cedar Grove, correct? Uh, let's see. Cedar Grove is uh, the number one seed, so that would be correct. Yeah. That. Uh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I agree with you. I, I watched them in the uh, the Lake City Cla- Lake City Classic also, and um, mm-hmm. I was impressed by the big guy. I don't know his name off my offhand. Uh, Jamari D. Yep. Jamari yeah. I, I, I thought he had a really good game. The game I saw him play. Um, but I, I'm just telling you, for a team to come from Savannah up to Atlanta in a do or die game. Uh, that's 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 the reason why. I, but I chose to grow. But you're right. It seems like every year in AAA, especially, there's a team, there's one or two teams from Savannah that are in the Final Four. And now on to Kyle. You stated it before. Your favorite classification. Oh, oh, you got me, got me juiced up over here, Ramin. Go ahead and introduce it. Two A. Two A. Before two we get. A. 
Uh oh. What are you going, Kyle? Are you talking? I'm, I'm going. I, I'm 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 just I'm just trying to you know I'm like the the horse. I'm ready for the the Preakness and the Kentucky Derby. I'm in the I'm in the opening gates. I'm gonna go out and run and I'm gonna jump to it first. Ramin, I'll let you do this. Do you have the rankings in front of you, Ramin? I do have the rankings. I actually I want to introduce the Class 2A rankings. Without further ado, drop it like it's hot for me. I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold back a little bit more. <laughs> That's Thank the you. widest thing you've ever said. <laughs> All right. First, before we get to the brackets, we want to talk about the rankings in Class 2A. You finished with number one, Thorell, at 18-7. and seven. Uh a, the only other seven-loss team is Jefferson Davis at number six, and Washington County has eight at number ten. But anyways, Thorell, a seven-loss team at number one. Laney finishes at number two. Dublin at number three. Glen Hills at four. Thomasville at five. Jeff Davis at six. South Atlanta, Swainsboro, Banks County, and Washington County will rank or will round out your bottom top ten in Class 2A. Now, Kyle, go ahead with the bracket. All right. I got I to gotta go in depth on this one. Let's. We got to start from the top left-hand corner. A game that I potentially might be attending. I'm not sure if I am yet or not. But the the one of the the great early matchups that I'm super intrigued with, Monticello at Chattooga. Uh, West was asking me, are they are they the real deal before the podcast? We're gonna find out. Monticello, 19 and nine. They got the four seed. And this is just a little bit of a testament and tells you how inconsistent they were. They got beat by 6-18 and 18 Putnam. They blew it against Putnam, which just kills you because now you're 19-9, but you're going to see 23-3 and Chattooga. Monticello has a region player of the year. Ashton Bonner, one of the best guards in the state, five foot eight. He's averaging over 20, 20 points per game. He is a bulldog, great competitor. He is the real deal. You got Tyron Lawrence's brother, uh, Divion Lawrence, who does not go to Morgan County. He is still at Monticello. He's come on strong this year with some big scoring games. And Malik Crawford inside, six foot six, jumping jack, very physical, can play above the rim. That is a tough matchup for Chattooga, who is practically all guards, all guards that are going to be returning next year. They play extremely fast. They can score the ball. They can shoot the ball. And they upset Thomasville last year when they beat the great All-American Reggie Perry and shut him down with a bunch of six foot one, six foot two players. But that is going to be an interesting matchup because not only do you have to chase around Ashton Bonner, you got six foot six Malik Crawford inside too. Now, Monticello up and down, up and down, up and down, but they did play in a really good region with Elbert County, who just narrowly dropped out of the polls, Banks County, who found a way to win that region championship. You look at Chattooga's uh, competition, uh, they tried to schedule a little bit outside of the region, but just not much in that, that very, very weak Region 7. Pepperell was 14-10. and 10. They beat 16-11 and 11. Rockmart in the championship game, just bad basketball over there but Chattooga is a good team Chattooga hasn't uh, been really creaming everybody they haven't been blowing teams up by 20 and 30 uh, like you're kind of used to seeing so uh, you know give them give them a little bit of a break there but that is going to be a great matchup and I want to say with my final four pick on that top left hand side I'm going to take my time with this I'm going to try and be quick but I'm going with Washington County Washington County, everybody, who number 10 in the rankings, they beat Dublin 61 to 60, which threw 
threw threw it into a real real crazy. We know where the 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 quadrant of death is. We'll touch on that. But I got Washington County bottom left hand side. Oh boy, South Atlanta versus Banks County in the second round. That is a freaking tough matchup for Banks County because if they get pulled out of their zone, they're going to have to chase around South Atlanta's guards, and that is not a good recipe. Dondre Barnes can score the ball. He is a winner. Jalen Stegall, very good as well. Coach Michael Reddick, he just wins a ton of games. That is going to be tough. And at the bottom, you see Laney, who, you know, Glenn Hills, they're number one the entire season, and they crumble a little bit, and they lose 55-41 in that region championship. Laney gets the number one seed. But Dodge County, they have been pretty competitive, pretty pretty sneaky team. They're a little bit up and down. But Laney, a good team, and that's really tough. There's just a lot of tough matchups. You don't want to see a South Atlanta. You don't want to see a Laney just with the style of play how they play, pressing, very quick guards. That is a weakness for Banks County. Banks County is going to have to end up seeing one of those two eventually if they want to make it to the Final Four. And with that being said, I have South Atlanta going back to the Final Four with that winning pedigree. They just couldn't solve one team all year. And we're going to touch on Thorell very quickly. Up to the right-hand corner. Boy, oh boy, it <laughs> it is really tough. When you look at the bottom of that top right-hand corner, Dublin gets a two seed. They're likely going to take care of Josie. But then you got Swainsboro, who was 14 and 0 in their region in the regular season over there in Region Two. They fell apart at the wrong time. They lose to Metter 74-71 in overtime in the semis. Then they lose 41-40 to Vidalia in the consolation bracket. Swainsboro with Jalen McKinney. I believe he was a player of the year last year in the classification. Another fire hydrant, 5'7", five, 5'8", five, guard who scores over 25 a game. Super talented. They're playing Thomasville with the big guys, Reggie Perry, Titus Wright. But Thomasville struggles against teams with really good guards, and that's what Swainsboro has. So I have to lean towards Swainsboro potentially beating Thomasville because Swainsboro Swainsboro has some decent size inside Eddie Roberts I believe his name is uh we could fact check that in a second for Swainsboro he's about six foot six and he can play above the rim they got a really good uh long guard in Jamil Watkins who's about six four as well Swainsboro is going to be a tough game for Thomasville who has the past couple years they have struggled with teams with good guards and Reggie Perry Again, he's supposed to be the All-American. This is your swan song now. This is where you can put something on your resume. They've never made a Final Four playing in one of the weaker classifications. You have supposedly one of the top 20 players in the entire nation. This is where, again, put up or shut up. If they are really that good, Thomasville has to make a state championship this year. But they have a heck of a draw in the first round with Swain Zero. Very difficult, and I will say this. I have Dublin coming out of that, <laughs> that top right-hand side. I'm almost done. we got the bottom right-hand side, and then I'm going to wrap it up, and I'll let you guys take over. This is my favorite classification, if you can't tell. Bottom right-hand side. Here we go. Glen Hills, tough matchup. Northeast making. they got some guards that can really score the ball. I think Glen Hills should be able to take care of business, but we saw they crumbled against Laney. We don't know what happens against Northeast Macon, who's seen better competition than Glen Hills has because Glen Hills at Augusta Regions is really not good after we thought it was really good last year, and they did make some noise last year. It's not a very good region this year. Uh, Jeff Davis, 
Uh, Jaquez Kirby, six foot five sophomore. He's going to have to be a superhero superstar, which he's been all season long. That could be a great fun matchup. Jeff Davis versus Glenn Hills in the second round if they get there. But Therrell, they're, they're the men. They are all freshmen and sophomore. DeAndre Brown, Roman's son. Um, uh, Armbrister inside. That might be the wrong, wrong name. I don't know, but they got some size. They're all young freshmen and sophomore. Very good. Elbert County should be able to handle Pepperell in the first round, but if they see Therrell, we'll see what happens. But Therrell has been so good. I know, Ramin, you asked me why are they ranked number, you know, in the top 10 with seven losses. They haven't lost a game since I got that seventh loss, Ramin. They are rolling, clicking on all cylinders. I think Therrell has about 11 straight wins. You beat South Atlanta three times in one season. That's incredible. And of course, I'm going with Therrell to make it out of the Final Four. Uh, into the championship game. I'm not sure about that. I'll, I'll leave that for later. I don't know if I'm going that far, but Waco, South Atlanta, Dublin, and Therrell. And then my sleeper pick, if you don't, don't can't tell already, sleeper pick, Swainsboro, a four seed who should be a one seed. And there you have it. Everybody else, talk amongst yourselves. That- Kyle, by definition, by the way, I just want to jump in right quick, Wes. By definition, Therrell does have... Or it does not have an eighth loss if they haven't lost a game after their seventh loss. You are right. Yes. Go ahead, boys. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I, I I guess great minds think alike because I again I have Waco, uh, who I believe ranked tenth. I I have Dublin, who are who is in they're in the same region. I have both of them getting to the final four. Mm-hmm. I have Daryl, just like you. But I, I took Laney in the other bracket. Uh, I think it's going to be Laney in South Atlanta. Um, I just feel, I don't know, I, I just I just decided to go with Laney. I don't know why or, or, or why I did that, but that's what I chose. And, it's again, my sleeper team is Swainsboro. I, I mean, they're, number one, they're really the best team in that region. Like you said, they lost to Matter. They're the be- to me, they're the best four seed in any bracket. Yeah, yeah. And, it have to be. Uh, it would have to be. That's 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 my sleeper pick. So I I go Waco, Laney, Dublin, Terrell, and my sleeper is Swainsboro. And I want to go back real quick to the top right hand corner. We just mentioned Josie versus Dublin, Swainsboro versus Thomasville, brutal. But at the top of that bracket, oh my gosh, Putnam County, who has what about six or seven wins, Rock Mart, who I said their record earlier, they're they're not Hateville Charter. They're a little bit better than their record, but Hateville Charter does not have a uh, a very sexy record there. I could pull it up real quick. Hateful Charter, uh, they're they're only uh, eight and nineteen. So you got an eight and nineteen Hateful Charter. You have a Rockmart team that is Rockmart sixteen and eleven in a really bad region. We got Putnam County, who we said is listed as six and eighteen, and then Spencer, who comes from. If you're looking on paper outside of. Uh, that Chattooga region, probably the weakest region. Uh, Spencer's twenty and seven, but if you just want to look at uh, who Spencer has played over there in Region Five, here here are the the teams that they play. They're twenty and seven. Second place was Temple. Jordan's twelve and twelve. Heard County seven and nineteen. Callaway's three and sixteen. Lamar County six and nineteen. Very bad basketball. So that those top four teams, I mean, just shake them up in a hat and see who comes out. I personally would say Hatefield Charter might have the best chance at making an elite eight. And what we say, they only have about eight wins or so. That's a that's a 
That's not a very good four-team group right there. And you're looking at the bottom three of those four, if we're not counting Josie, Dublin, Swainsboro, and Thomasville. That's about close to, what, 60 wins between them. And those top four, that's probably about maybe 30, 40 wins tops between all four of those teams. So a very glaring difference between who's going to come out of the bottom side of that top right-hand corner against the top side to meet in the Elite Eight. Whoever it is will get will get throttled. I, don't, I mean, you said put them in a hat, shake them up. You're right. It doesn't matter because Swainsboro, Dublin, Thomas, they're all going to beat them. It doesn't matter who it is. I, I mean, I'm, I, if it's Thomas, if Thomas still finds a way to get out of it, I mean, I'm just I'm always last to to believe in Thomas Hill on paper. They should be very good, but again, it's all about matches. They run into a team with a lot of good guards, and if they if they're able to escape Swainsboro and they're able to escape a, a Dublin. You know, maybe they rest on their laurels a little bit, say, hey, we got the heavy lifting out of the way. But who knows? That's what makes uh, state tournament time so great. It's just so unpredictable. There's going to be teams that fall apart in the spotlight, and there's going to be teams that rise to the occasion. But uh, Class 2A, it is just so much fun to track. I just love watching these teams. Well, there's no A private and A public, and I have absolutely no clue how long we've gone in the podcast, Kyle. But hopefully the audio quality is acceptable. We have to resort to some uh, less than ideal circumstances here. And gentlemen, is there anything else you want to discuss before we wrap up this boys' bracketology podcast? I'll jump in real quick just to break down the rankings. Um, Class A private and public. Elka moves to number one. Christian Heritage, the boys from Dalton. Oh, my goodness. They were so impressive. Christian Heritage rises from number nine to number two. They beat number one St. Francis 64 to 62. And they made St. Francis look young. And and I know St. Francis is all freshman and sophomore with a couple juniors sprinkled in, but they've been beating top-notch competition throughout the year. Uh, Christian Heritage made them look small and very young. And, uh, I mean, Christian Heritage, Sam Dindofter was just drilling threes. Christian Coleman, six foot seven, reminds me a lot of Ja'Cory Wilson, who was at uh, South Paul. He's now at Northwest Florida State, a six seven versatile guy that can shoot the three, do a lot of things, had about four or five blocks against St. Francis. Christian Heritage is something to to be wary about, and they're going to get a super high seed, and they crushed North Cobb Christian 71-47 to win Region 6. Um, but those are the, the, the – that's just the talking point right there. Elka is completely wrong. They beat Green Force 66-54. Elka is a, a very strong favorite. But Christian Heritage – and they have some size that go about 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'7". They have some size that they can throw out there, which is big in Class A private. And then at public, Wilkinson County, uh, they just somehow, some way, they always do it. They beat the guys from Augusta 60-56. to 56. They beat GMC, who is only ranked 8th, but I think GMC should be ranked higher. Uh, they beat them 58-54 to 54 in the region championship. Calhoun County is good. Manchester finally lost their first official game on the court. They finally lost to um, Central Talbotton. Central Talbotton, 49 49- to 48 so that's why they're ranked number three they dropped just a little bit they have six losses on the record but they've only lost one game so i love these smaller smaller schools and that pretty much sums it up for class a private and class a public west do you have any lasting thoughts or remarks sir uh just a class a public i look at central talbotton manchester same region uh i like both of those schools 
I also like the uh, Calhoun County. So those would be my three favorite. Wilkinson County, you can. I mean, they're just. I don't know how he do, how they do it, but it's every year they're there. So those would be my four teams. All right, Wes. Thank you for the input. Thank you for joining me and Ramin today. Uh, it has been a pleasure talking about it. Hopefully, the audio quality is good. We went to a, a last-second different different style of recorder, and uh, we're going to have to pump out a girls' podcast, me and Ramin, uh, very soon. Probably not going to be as in-depth as this, of course, but have to show them some love as well. But goodness gracious, it's going to be fun. Everybody, please follow along, sandyspiel.com. We have everything you need and more, the Georgia High School Basketball Headquarters, especially for the state playoffs. GHSA.com, they don't even have their brackets completely filled out yet. The AJC has freaking 4A schools ranked in the 3A brackets. They, they, have, their, they have no idea what they're doing. But I mean, we'll make them a pick here and there. We're, we're aiming for perfection. We're doing the best we can. We're trying to bring you as good of information as possible without being any bias or any crazy stuff like that. So please follow along sandyspiel.com. Keep an eye out for the February frenzy bracket challenge, which will be shifting over to sportalspace.com. Those links will be tweeted out once everything is completed. Again, follow Kyle Sandy three five five on Twitter, uh, Sandy spill Facebook page. And for Ramin Forgani and Wes McCard, We are signing off. We will be talking to you soon, and have fun during February Frenzy.